What a good morning, right? It's been awesome just to praise God. You know, I love when we worship together. There's this thing that is often overlooked, and it's how much I really believe that God delights in his people. Did you know that? That when, when God looks down and he sees Banner Church this morning, that he's well pleased. And I think many of us, we can sometimes, we can really grab a hold of the aspect of, uh, of religion or of following God in, in ways that, you know, are, are great and devotion from us to God. But I think sometimes we're, we're just quick to forget how much he really loves us and how much he cares about his people. And that when he sees us just worshiping and praising, that he is delighted. Isn't that cool? I want to encourage you as we jump into the word this morning that God is well pleased. As we head into 2024, that God is well pleased. And it's it's an encouraging posture to be in as we step in. I'm I'm excited to enter into 2024. I'm uh, overcoming a lung infection that I had. So if I start, I mean, I, I'm over it now, but my, my lungs are pretty beat. So if I, if I start coughing, I'm not sick. I won't get any of you sick. I just, you know, you can send up a little prayer for me. Uh, but I, I'm really excited for 2024. You know, when, when Katie and I, when we started leading this church, uh, we started really asking questions about the DNA of the church. And we had lots of desires and calling it Banner Church and why we really believed in Jesus as Yahweh Nisi, the Lord is my banner. But we started asking, you know, really what is Banner going to be about? What is Banner Church going to be about? And we knew from the beginning that we really desired for Banner Church to be a group of people that, that seeks God and seeks his presence. A group of people that really long for the more of God. And so we, we went into prayer and I was, as I was seeking the Lord, okay, God, how are you directing us in the new year? Really felt like he was calling us at that time to enter into 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's something that my wife and I, we had done personally, is that we would begin the year with 21 days of prayer and fasting. And we invited the whole church who said, hey, we're going to, as a, as a new church launch, sorry, we're going to enter into 21 days of prayer and fasting. And many people were really confused. They're like, you mean we're not going to eat for 21 days? And I was like, no, not exactly. Let me explain. And I actually ended up teaching... Uh, for five weeks about fasting. And this is even before like intermittent fasting was, you know, the, the end thing. Uh, we, we started teaching about fasting and what the word of God says about fasting. Because I think a lot of us, we can understand worship as a musical act. We can understand prayer, but fasting, it gets a little weirder, right? And we're not as quite, we're not quite sure exactly what that looks like. And so we taught on it for a while and uh, put together a guide and all kinds of things. And it was amazing is the first year I was just like, just trust me, church. And we have such an incredible body of believership. Like, okay, we're doing it. And we saw some profound breakthrough. How many of you were here in that first year of fasting and you saw just profound breakthrough in life? Do you remember that? Incredible. I have Marcus in the back. Incredible testimonies that we saw. We saw God move. And, and, and above all the testimonies, I would say the most important thing that we saw was that as a church, we entered into a season of deep intentionality in the pursuit of God. That we saw stir up, not just a, a want for things or breakthrough or a move, but we saw this desire from the more of God, more of his presence, more of his goodness, more of his promises revealed in our lives. Can I tell you, church, that is what fasting is all about. Fasting or, or praying or any spiritual discipline isn't about making ourselves miserable for Jesus. 
right? It's not about going through some motions that, that, that inconvenience us or cause us some form of suffering in the hopes that he'll finally pay attention to us and he'll finally answer that prayer that we have. It's important to hear this, church, that fasting is not about getting God's attention. It's about giving God our attention. See, it's, fasting is not about us crying out and hoping that God finally will turn his face to us and will get his attention. Fasting is about crying out, and for the first time, God is actually getting all of our attention. He's getting our focus, that we slow down, and we rest, and we dwell on him, and we give him in, uh, attention all of the way. This year, we're going to begin the year with 21 days of prayer and fasting. And it's actually going to start next week on the 14th Sunday morning. We have a guide, a very detailed guide about prayer and fasting. And I've included some uh, material as well that, that Carolyn Tennant has written within the guide. And it talks all about uh, the, the what fasting is and all these things. But every time we do a time of prayer and fasting and every time we begin the year, I really go uh, way ahead of time and just seek the Lord and say, God, what are you directing and calling us? And so this year, the theme of our year and the theme of our fast is very simply this, as it is in heaven as it is in heaven. That's the theme of Banner Church and our fast this year. And the, the phrase, as it is in heaven, if you've never been in church, still some part of you is like, man, that might sound mildly familiar. And that's because it comes from one of the most famous portions of scripture, which is the Lord's Prayer. And I want to jump there together. If you have your Bible, would you do me a favor? Would you open up to Matthew chapter 6? The words will be on the screen, but I want to jump to Matthew chapter 6. And before we do, let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is good. And I pray that as we dive into your word, that you would speak to our hearts this morning. God, that you would renew us in our spirit and direct us in every way in your name. Amen. Matthew 6, 9 says this. You ready? You ready? All right. It says, pray then like this. This is Jesus talking. Jesus says to his disciples, he says, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It says, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil powerful scripture, right? Jesus says, here, I'm going to teach you how to pray, and, and gives us one of the most well-known chunks of scripture that we have, and it's, it's a very important portion of scripture because Jesus, what he's doing is he's rebuking the pagan ideology of prayer, which is people would get together, and they would go through these rituals, and they would do all kinds of utterances, and, and even hurt themselves or other things with the hope of getting the attention of their God. And Jesus is saying, no, you already have the attention of the Lord. He sent me to you to be with you. You don't need to get his attention. He often needs to get yours, but you don't need to get his attention. He says, this is how you should pray. And I, I love praying the Lord's Prayer. I think it's so simple. And sometimes we overlook the simple things, but the simple things are the best things, right? Cheese pizza, right? Simple, great, right? 
Yeah, that's the biggest amen I've got this year. But I love praying the Lord's Prayer. Daily bread. I love praying for daily bread, right? Physical provision, right? Every day, just God, give me what I need for today. And sometimes that physical uh, provision is patience for my children. God, give me the daily bread of patience for my five-year-old boy. I love praying for deliverance from evil. That's an awesome one, right? Who loves just praying for God to break chains? God, break the chains of temptation or the lies that are over people. God, break those away. Set freedom apart. I love to pray for forgiveness. That one's hard sometimes, right? Where am I? Hard? Yeah, right? You know, you hold on to stuff people never forget, right? But it's so good when you forgive. I mean, we love the work of restoration. When God comes in and just begins to restore, I love praying those things. And many of you today, you're praying for all three of those things. But I want to encourage us that before we get to those personal requests, there is a corporate request that is crucial to understanding what I believe God wants to do this year here at Banner Church. And it begins at the very beginning, what says our Father in heaven. I want to look at that together. I'm gonna look, we're going to look at the chunk. It's just, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want to look at this together. Our Father in heaven. Before we get to Father in heaven, I want to talk about our. I love that it's our Father. Because right in the prayer where Jesus teaches his disciples is a corporate recognition. Here's why I love this our. Because our is uniting. All around the world, believers are gathering together to recognize and celebrate God's sovereignty. It's not your faith, though you are attached to it. It is the faith, and we are all folded into it. Are you with me? People are like, I'm breaking down my faith. It's not your faith. It's the faith. And so there's something encouraging and strengthening about recognizing that he's not just my father, he's our father. But he's our father in heaven. It's a multifaceted aspect of God. This word father is really profound, right? The word father, when we pray, is supposed to invoke an understanding, an idea about who God is. No, the word is pater in Greek. The, The term that God is described for us as believers is Abba, Father. Scripture tells us that when we are brought into the adoption of sonship, meaning when Jesus Christ dies on the cross, rises again, and we receive that resurrection, we are brought into the kingdom of God as sons and daughters of God. You're co-heirs with Jesus Christ. Did you know that? That's amazing. And so that sonship puts you and daughtership puts you at a unique position in relationship to God where he is your Abba Father and As uncomfy as it is for me to say this, the best translation of Abba would be like daddy, (laughs) which I hate. (laughs) I I don't like like that at all. (laughs) I'm just telling you how I feel. (laughs) Right? It's like my kids call me Papa. There's something about this phrase that it attaches to uh, an understanding of who God is. See, I understand here this morning that for many of you, father and fatherhood is not a great example for you. It doesn't necessarily inspire great things within you. Like, oh yes, maybe you had an earthly father who was maybe distant or abusive or abandoned. And so it doesn't invoke that. But this idea of father and the ancient idea of fatherhood is supposed to be someone who loves you, someone you could depend on, and someone who desires your good. It's a loving 
loving relationship. Within this idea of that he's our father is an understanding of intimacy. So he's near. The God of the universe is near and for <coughs> us. But he's not only our father, he's our father in what? Somebody say it. Heaven. And this is important because there's an intimacy in his fatherhood, but there is a realm of heaven where he's declared it. Heaven being the realm, the dwelling place of God and the angels. It's a recognition of his majesty, but more importantly, it's a declaration of his sovereignty, which means God is above all things. Why do I bring this up? Because church, this is the most balanced view of God is that God is intimately with us, that he is our father, he's for us, he sent his spirit to be with us, but he is completely sovereign, completely powerful. His word is unchanging, his will is unchanging, and he's completely good. He will return and judge the earth. He desires that none should perish, but he will return and judge the earth, but he desires that none should perish. Here's the problem. Sometimes you can pick a church that does one or the other, you're all wretched and you suck, or God is squishy. He is neither squishy and you don't suck. You are deeply loved because he is great and mighty. Are you with me? So when we pray our Father in heaven, we're recognizing something about God, and in recognizing the correct balance of God, we also are declaring in the next line, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So we're recognizing his authority, but then immediately going into a space of hallowed or dedicated to devotion, of hallowing his name, of recognizing his name in worship. So we're not just saying, you are these things, you are these qualities. We're saying, hallowed be your name, or for name, you could insert the word character or being or beinghood, right? Who you are is worthy of worship and we ascribe that worship to you. We don't worship you as we want to see you. We worship you as you are. In the totality of what you are, we give you praise. Hallowed be your name. And worship is this really beautiful dual act as well of praising God directly but then also seeking his glory in our world. And this is where we get to your kingdom come, your will be done. This is the first request of the Lord's Prayer. When he tells his disciples, this is what you should pray. This is the first request. The first request is for the kingdom to come and the will to be done. I think this is a fascinating request that Jesus says you should pray your kingdom come. And the reason that I think it's fascinating is because when Jesus begins his ministry, he says this in Matthew 4, 17. <coughs> yep, there it is. It says, from that time, Jesus began to preach saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God interchangeable. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. So why would Jesus tell us to pray for the kingdom to come when he's saying right here, I am the kingdom and I'm here, right? Now, some people kind of read this as like a, a threat. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Like, you better watch out. You better not pout. You know, Jesus is coming to town, right? <laughs> but it's not a threat. It's an invitation because the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is an interactive life with God. 
So when Jesus is saying, repent, he's saying, change your mind, change your thinking, turn and follow me, because the life that you were created to live is at hand through me. When Jesus sends his disciples out to preach the gospel, he says in Matthew 10, 7, he says, when you proclaim as you go, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. See, there's this common misconception as we think about your kingdom come, is that it's a future thing, right? That your kingdom come is reserved for YouTube prophets who are declaring it's going to return at any moment. That's when the kingdom's going to come, right? The kingdom's going to come when Jesus returns, and that is actually the coming of the kingdom. And so now, when we pray that, we're just praying a hastening of his return, which honestly, I wouldn't mind, right? We're just praying, you know, you know hey, in the future, would your kingdom come? But I want to tell you that this is not, when we say your kingdom come, this is not end times. When we pray your kingdom come, we're praying for a present reality. Now, we know that what Jesus did and what he is doing and what he will do will be fully consummated in the return of his kingdom at the end, right? It'll be fully completed when he returns again and when that day comes when the trumpets blare and when he returns it's going to be fully complete but today now we still seek for his kingdom to come in our lives right in this moment see when we seek God's kingdom we seek the reign of God to be present in our lives when we pray your kingdom come we're saying God would the reign of your kingdom be present in my life are you still with me but this is why it's coupled with your will be done. Because to say your kingdom come, you have to also say your will be done. Because God's will is his desired purpose for his creation. So if you long for his reign, you have to also long and pray for his purposes. Are you still with me? Because God has desires for his creation. When we think about God's will, I like to think of it this way. God has desires and God has decrees. Those are different things, right? Desires and decrees. God has decreed, he has said, he will return to judge the earth. That's like unchanging. Whatever you do, unrelated to the fact that Christ will return. He will return. If you, you know, stub your toe or whatever, I don't know, whatever, you burn down a building, I don't know, just pick a random act, start a war, I don't, he's still returning regardless. He's not like, oh, that's an interesting painting. I guess I'll not come back to the earth, right? He's coming back regardless. But he, ha he has desired that none should perish. Now, will some perish? Are there those in the world who will not turn to Christ? Yeah. So when we talk about God's will, his desires, and his decrees, when we're praying, your kingdom come, your will be done, we're praying that the desire, the plans, and purposes of God would come to fruition in our life. Are you with me? So I believe that God has great things that he wants to do through lives, but many lives are not willing to surrender to even begin to walk in those things. And so is it that God did not have a will, a plan, or a purpose, or that simply we defied his desires by saying, we want your kingdom, but we don't want your will to be done. But what's amazing is we begin to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. We begin to pray, would the purposes of God come to pass? How many of you would just love to see the plans and purposes come to pass in your life? 
right? How many of you would just love to see the desires of God burst into full life and just bloom like crazy all over the valley, right? How many of you would just love to see in your family what you know when you read the word of God about what he says about, uh, about unity and passion and what he says about the fruit of the spirit? How many of you would love to see the fruit of the spirit just pour out of the vine of your family, right? That's the desire of God too. And that's our prayer as a church when we pray on earth as it is in heaven. We're saying, God, we recognize something. We recognize that your plans and your purposes are so good. See, when we pray on earth as it is in heaven, what we're doing is we're recognizing, we're praying. Let me say this again. <coughs> Thank you for <coughs> bearing with me as I deal with this. <coughs> We're praying the recognition of God's reign and the accomplishment of his purpose. We're praying that it would take place in our lives just as it already does in the heavenly throne room. See, God's goodness is, it's, it's all in the throne room, right? His will is perfectly walked out and moved out and, and operating in every way in the throne room. And we're just getting a glimpse of the heavenly realm. We're saying, God, we just want that in our lives. Let me put it even more simple when we're praying this as it is in heaven. What are we praying? We're praying more of Jesus. I'll just bring it all the way down to so simple because the simple things are the easy things. Let me give you the cheese pizza of theology right here. Ready? More of Jesus. It's still good, right? It's a Costco cheese pizza right there. That's just, it's always good. Or whatever the lactose intolerant thing is you like. <laughs> Cauliflower. <laughs> more of Jesus. See, our prayer is, Jesus, would your plans and your purpose be manifest by the Holy Spirit here in Mesa, here in my family, in my church, in my life with the same reality as they're always taking place in the heavenly realm? The heavenly realm where your power and your goodness and your truth and your freedom is perfectly moving in every moment. God, we want the same right here in the valley. That's what we want. Before the bread, before the breakthrough, we want the presence. We want the reality of your presence. That's our prayer. When we as a church say, as it is in heaven, we're saying more of Jesus as it is in heaven. More of Jesus as he is in heaven. More of Jesus as he is in heaven. More of the character and the quality of Christ reigning in our lives that the world would look at Banner Church and say, oh my gosh, that looks like heaven. That they would look at the character of your life. Not, not just your bank account or your cool style. They would look at the character of your life and say, man, I'm, what is that? that? They just begin to get a glimpse of heaven in our life. That's my prayer, Banner Church. That when people look at us, they would say, wow, heaven has come down and has rested upon that place. How many of you know that even this morning, we're just getting a glimpse of heaven as God begins to move? So how do we do it as a church? banner in 2024. We're just, we're committed to the presence. So here's, here's two ways we're increasing this year. You ready? I'll give you two things. Devotion and discipleship. Devotion and discipleship. The first is devotion. Devotion. Somebody say devotion. Our desire is for more of Christ. We were talking this week, even in our staff, just like how thin the space is between heaven and earth. Just how thin that space is it that the veil over our eyes would be pulled back. We just begin to see the supernatural at work. 
begin to see the glory of God at work. We just, maybe for some of us, it's just peering over the weight of the world and beginning to look and see the throne of God and the glory of God. And our desire is, God, would you begin to open our eyes to the realities of your kingdom and bring them here to earth? But it begins with devotion. It begins with deep affection and commitment to the Lord. Think about in my own marriage, like what's better, demands or devotion? <laughs> right? Devotion, in case you're wondering. Been married for almost 15 years. Devotion, number one, over demands. Right? Devotion says, I'm giving you my heart. I'm not holding anything back. Devotion to Jesus says, I'm, I'm giving my heart. I'm not holding anything back. That's why we fast. 21 days of prayer and fasting. It, because it takes a posture that says, Jesus, we're devoted after you. And I know, every time we do a fast, someone comes up to me, they're like, it's so inconvenient. I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to say. Go ask your Muslim neighbors how inconvenient fasting is for them. Because they got it harder, right? Some of you are like, I have Muslim neighbors. You do. Go meet them. Share Jesus with them. I get it. And that's up to you. I don't care. But here's what I know. When our hearts are devoted for God and they're fully after God, it's amazing to see what his kingdom, what his kingdom does. And some people, they'll call me up halfway through the fast, be like, Pastor, for like three days, we did it, and then we didn't do it, and now I feel really guilty. And I'm like, you know what? What is the Lord speaking to you? And they're like, I feel like he's speaking this to me. I'm like, just do that. Right? This is not a diet. You're like, this is a great excuse for me to spend more money on groceries and not go out somewhere. This is not a diet. 21 days of fasting, not a diet. <laughs> I mean, you'll feel better, probably, maybe. You might feel worse. I don't know. Don't hurt yourself. <laughs> Please. Consult a physician if you have medical needs. I feel like I should say that on camera. <laughs> Consult a physician before engaging in a fast, especially if you have medical needs of any kind. There we go. I said that. That's legal. It's binding. <laughs> but I want to encourage you. Every year, there's two groups of people. People who are like, I'm going all in for it. People who are like, I don't know if I can do it. And I want to encourage you. Be the people who are like, I'm going all in. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to miss things. I'm going to miss days. I'm going to, I don't know, whatever. Who knows what's going to happen. But you know what? I'm pursuing God with my heart. Maybe I can do a thing, or maybe I can give up this thing, whatever it is. But I'm, I'm pursuing God with my own heart. I'm not picking something so in case my small group asks me, and I feel bad if I don't have anything. I'm just saying, God, what do you have? What do you lead? Where are you leading me? And that's what I'm going after. Man, I want to encourage you. It's a great way to lead your family. Don't make your wife lead your family in this. Lead your family in this. Be the man your wife wants that has spiritual disciplines. Spiritual disciplines are hot. She wants you to be disciplined. Come on. Yeah. I've never met a woman once who's like, I don't want my husband to lead our family spiritually. <laughs> But I want to encourage you. Ask yourself, is this going to be the year my heart is really, truly in love with Jesus? Remember that year where you just loved Jesus? This is a great way to start. Will this be the year I lead my family to love Jesus? Okay, so devotion. Okay, last thing. <coughs> then I'm done. Discipleship. So if devotion is our desire for the more of Christ, our discipleship is our becoming more like Christ. So as we desire more of Christ, we also want to grow to be more like him. Right, Because we have this, this thing where activation without foundation equals frustration, but information without activation equals constipation. 
Some of you in here, you're frustrated Christians because you feel like I got to do something, but I don't really know what I'm supposed to do, so you get frustrated. And some of you, you know way too much and do too little, so you're a little constipated spiritually. You've been in church so long, you need to get some of it out of you, so the stuff coming into you starts making more sense. Altar call. <laughs> Come forward if you're constipated right now. <laughs> Some of you might be good for you. But Pastor, I've heard all these words before. Great. Who's heard them from you? You might be constipated. But discipleship builds a foundation because it activates our faith to obey what God has called us to do. So I want to share something that we've been working on, and it's like 80%, but this is, this is us as a church, so that you understand real quick as I close what we as Banner Church are doing for discipleship. So we've created what we call like the discipleship pathway, and I don't love the word pathway, but it's the best one we could come up with. Even though discipleship's not linear, right? It's, it's lifestyle, right? So you might be different things. But here's the, some of the things we do at Banner Church. So we have three categories under our discipleship pathway. We have gatherings, courses, and community. So gatherings, this would be Sunday service. You're already here. This is part of discipleship. Give yourself a round of applause. You made it. Awesome. Worship nights. Some of you, you've only been here when we're portable. We have worship nights every month and conferences. We have different conferences lined up as well. Then we have what we are calling courses. These are things that are, that are, beyond a small group, they're dedicated teaching time. So we have the simple things like Banner Basics, that's party with the pastor, serve 101, like, like Barry said, to really get to know us, but to also uh, discover what it means to, to serve here and be a part of the mission, be championing uh, the move of God. Then we have spiritual development, like recently Barry and Candy, they did a, a, a course in a group that, taught, that went through and taught prophecy. It's a very specific thing. We have different things lined up for that. And then leadership development, which is programs that we run in the summer, talking about not only just spiritually, but just in general, uh, how to lead well and lead your family well. So gatherings, courses, and then community. So we have small groups or what we've been calling now banner communities. And I just want to share really briefly what that is, but these are the three big ones. So it's like, how is Banner Church discipling me? This is just some of it, but I want you to see that. It'll be on the website. So you know, like we have a plan. When, so when you come to Banner Church, we care. But the other part is uh, Banner Communities. And <clears throat> Banner Communities, we've really talked about this word about small groups or different things. We've always just called them small groups uh, or different random, I don't know, the most random things. If you call it a small group, we won't care because communities are small groups. We're not that church. It's like, you have to call them communities. Uh, <laughs> I don't care. Call whatever you want. Life group. I won't. Nobody will care. But for us, this matters to us because we want to change really how we do life together as communities, as smaller communities around the valley. We're a unique church in that we are not only here in Mesa, but we have pockets all around the valley uh, where people gather together during the week. I think we have 10 or 11 uh, groups of people who will be gathering uh, when we launch small groups here in the next couple of weeks when we launch signups. But we really believe that spiritual formation takes place in community. So we're, we've rewritten a lot about how a small group would take place to form them around community so that when you gather, you're praying, you're seeking the Holy Spirit, you're interceding together. There's a sense of accountability that's taking place. So we're calling these banner communities because we really believe spiritual formation takes place in community. These are the three things that every community is going to do. Live like family, become like Jesus, and love our neighbors. 
So every group, our desire is to gather together, to have a meal, to grow, to learn about each other, but we're also going to be deeply committed to uh, the spiritual and, and to growing in faith and our understanding. And every group, every community will be actively involved in loving their either direct neighborhood or just the community at large through different projects. So this is part of our goal to have 30, 30, 30. So one of the 30s that we have is 30 days of service. So 10 small groups a semester, each group serving is 30 individual days throughout the year that we're serving our community. You still with me? So when we, say, when we talk about what, what Banner Church wants to do, this is, this is part of it. Because our prayer as a church is that we would not only have complete devotion to God, but that we'd also be growing together. Don't you think that's important? So a lot of this we do, some of this is just a little bit of us getting organized. Uh, being portable is a good time to get organized, right? But this is our desire. In fact, man, you guys can come up. Our desire is that we would see the kingdom of God manifest on earth. I mentioned this before, but I'm believing for this in the new year. 30 new families, 30 days of serving, and 30 baptisms. Here's what I want to invite. I want to invite you to stand with me. Banner Church, I want to invite you into a posture this morning. Not just a response, but a posture that would begin the year by saying, let's pursue the more of God. So as you stand, would you do me a favor? Just bow your heads with me this morning. Let's just take a second. Jesus, we, we invite you right now. Holy Spirit, we invite you to move right now in this moment. We long for the more of you. Wherever you are, here's what I want you to do with your head closed, or your head bowed and your eyes closed. <laughs> you knew what I meant. Just even right now, just begin to say, Jesus, my heart is all for you. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Wherever you are, whatever, in, in this morning, maybe as you begin to pray that prayer, there's something in your heart. You feel like Barry mentioned that word surrender. There's something in your heart where you feel like it needs to be surrendered. We're just going to take a moment and lay that down. Maybe there's things of 2023 that before you're like, God, your kingdom come, your will be done. You're like, I got to leave those things in 2023. We're going to pray for that first, but I just want you to take a second. You're like, there's some things in 2023. There's some disappointments. There's some frustrations. You're like, there's some things from 2013, whatever it is, whatever year. You got to leave them. You got to invite the Lord to heal you. God, I release those to you. I surrender them to you. God, it didn't go like I thought. I'm not where I thought I would be. He's saying, just release that and begin to trust me. I want to pray that over you. If you're just ready this morning to say, you know what? I'm releasing the old and I'm ready for the new. Would you just lift your hands with me? I want to pray together. Before we step into to seeking the Lord, we're just releasing the old and accepting the new. Holy Spirit, we release everything to you, whatever it is. I think of my own family. There's just, there's some hurts. There's some mourning from the pain of the last year. We release them to you. And we say, God, you're the healer. I just say even right now that the Holy Spirit is healing your heart and he's touching those places that you feel like have been so wounded and been so hurt. But right now the Holy Spirit says, let me just soothe your heart, release those things. We give them to you, wherever you are. Just take, just take a moment, begin to pray with your arms raised. God, I surrender them to you. I lift them up to you, whatever they are. I give them to you completely. 
I surrender them to you totally. Holy Spirit. the new year with them. You've got to leave them behind. Come on, somebody, you feel like you let the Lord down this year? The Lord is just smiling upon you right now. He says, I love you. I'm here for you. I receive you. I welcome you. But you've got to let some of that shame go. We release it to you, Jesus, right now. All right. Now we're going to have a posture change. We're just ready. Maybe you need to shake out your hands, whatever you need to do. Here's what I want to say. Just put yourself in a posture that says, Holy Spirit, I long for the more of you this year. My desire is for you. My passion is for you. If you need to kneel down, kneel down. If you need to lift your hands, whatever it might be. But we're going to enter a moment of just saying, God, we're all for you this year. Our desire is you. Holy Spirit, we pray. Would you just join me? Holy Spirit, we pray. Stir up a fire. Bring a fresh wind this morning for this new year. God, begin to breathe on those places that need life right now by your spirit. We pray it in your holy name, by your power. We long for your kingdom to come and your will to be done. We long for the reality of heaven to be manifest in this place. If you long for the goodness of God, begin to seek him and say, God, pour out your spirit right now upon this place pour out your wind right now upon this place pour out your spirit upon my life I want the more of you I want the more of your spirit I want the more of your presence I want the more of your goodness God we long to see it freedom God we long to see joy just overflowing in our city the joy of the Lord stirred up amongst your people God we pray it this morning how many of you are ready for the more of God how many of you are ready? Come on, just begin to let them know with your words. Begin to let them know with your words this morning. God, we want the more of you. Come on, don't be afraid of the person next to you. They want the more too. They're just waiting for a leader to be called up amidst them to cry out to the Lord and say, God, we want the more of you. They're waiting for a voice, someone to cry out a voice in the desert and say, yes, God, we long for your spirit like never before. We long for your move like never before. Yes, God, we want the bread and the breakthrough, but we want your presence above all things. So we just open our hearts to you. We pray fresh wind fresh wind thank you for listening to the banner church podcast we hope this message was impactful for you check the episode notes to visit our website follow us on social media and subscribe to our podcast we'll see you again next week